0: Download the match app today.
1: On another continent, for example, South America in Ecuador, I discovered the power or the leadership truth of vision. Why is it so important that a leader needs huh. vision? And what does that mean? And what does it look like experience? And I've been told
2: Hey, 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 what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Inspired by Freedom podcast. And I'm your host, Daniel Falunicpe. And I'm so excited to bring you today's episode because it's one that I've been looking forward to bringing you for a long time. And I'm excited to finally be able to do that for you. And this episode is one that challenged me as a person. And it made me really dig deeper to truly uncover a message that is worth leaving you with. And in today's episode, I had a chat with Mike Green, a master certified life coach with 11,000 of documented hours we have coached and counseled a good number of top business executives, high performers, and people who are seeking another level of growth in their personal and professional lives. And for the last 30 years, Mike has been traveling and coaching leaders through a unique program that draws upon his invigorating experiences in 63 countries across all seven continents. Mike is also the author of a new book, Wonder Must: A Hero's Journey to Seven Truths. In this book, Mike shares his extraordinary journey through all seven continents and reveals some of the most profound leadership lessons he's learned along the way. And if you're someone who values growth or have questions about your purpose, your existence, this episode is one that you do not want to skip. And without being said, I do not want to take any more of your time. Let's dive right into this episode. Let's unpack it. This is the Inspired by Freedom podcast, and I will see you on the other side. Good
0: evening, ladies
3: and gentlemen. Welcome aboard. Once you have located your seat, we ask that you please step out of the aisle. So the passengers behind you can pass you. This will expedite our morning process. All right. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for joining me, Mike. Uh, I'm excited to have you here and uh, just dive into everything that you've been doing over the last couple of years.
1: Great. Well, it was wonderful to be here, Daniel. Thank you.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So I, your assistant you know, reached out to me and I was just really excited about, I mean, when I read, when I saw your book and you know, saw the, the type of work that you do with adventure coaching and just everything from your story from a very young age, And you just being, you know, an outdoors enthusiast, that really got me excited. And especially with what you do in adventure coaching, that's something that I haven't really been exposed to or had the knowledge of prior. Could you explain to me just a little bit what that is, adventure coaching?
1: Adventure coaching is where I take individuals and teams out into the wilderness or to a far-flung place such as... Petra or the Wadi Rum in Jordan, or the, take them to the castles of Scotland or the tobacco fields, of Nicaragua, or even the Machu Picchu Trail, where we're doing some type of adventure and I'm coaching them through their uh, the, an intent of something. For example, my recent coach, one of my recent clients, has, she was between chapters of her life. She was just leaving one chapter of the business that she started that was very, very successful. And she was leaving that to arrive, leaving that well so she could arrive well into the next chapter of her career. So that's an example of an intention that someone comes to me with. And then as we're experiencing the outdoors or a far flung place, um, I'm coaching them through that. Why is it powerful? And why is it amazing is that that, that adventure component is the anchor. The, the, the foundation of this amazing experience that changes the trajectory and the velocity of someone's desire, willingness, or ability to make that change and make it sustainable.
3: Wow, interesting. So that sounds like, I mean, because I read something on your website, it's like front and center, where you said, leaders are made in the wild. So that kind of ties to that a little bit, and when you say leaders are made in the wild what how does this shape someone or maybe shapes the mindset from where they are to the mindset of where they want to be or who they want to become? I mean, are there lessons while you're out there that people can learn, and how that challenges them to transform basically from what they were to what they want to become? How does that work?
1: Great question. If I just may make a simple correction, the, the, I believe that leaders are formed, like created, formed. Formed, yes. Yep. Yeah. So when people say, well, so what does that mean? Everyone's a leader. We get up in the morning, we decide to go have breakfast. We decide that we're going to go outside. So we, we all lead our own lives, right? So it doesn't matter if you're an executive, a high power company of which I work with. Or it doesn't matter if you're a school teacher or a research scientist or a owner of a cybersecurity company. So that is leader. Formed is where we create what you currently have, the situation you're currently mm-hmm. in, also known as the current situation. And then the the whole wild aspect is any place or any time that we step out of our comfort zone, I consider that the wild. Whether it's, let's say, for state conversation, you're in mm-hmm. an LB, Albania currently, and um, you're going to go right. to a different part of Albania. So you're going to go towards the south, et cetera. And that's all new to you. You haven't been there yet. In theory, we can consider right. that the wild, right? Now, now that is reality or whatever have you. Metaphorically, that, that is as well. When I take you out into the bush of Alaska, I'm currently in Alaska right now, up in the in the interior. Mm-hmm. If I were to take you literally outside my door and we were to hike, maybe a hundred yards, we're pretty much in the wild at that juncture. <laughs> and we're gonna be in the wild for a long time since <laughs> we can go for days, literally months before we right. even come near a road in that direction. So again, just to, 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 to reiterate, everyone's a leader in my opinion. We, we lead our lives every day. Formed is what we currently have available to us. Mm. Between that current state of what, uh, what we currently are experiencing, and that future state, what we really want out of our lives, whether it be simply to be a better communicator to a loved one, right. or be a better leader to your team or your company, there in between there is a chasm, and that that chasm or that space between your current state and your future state or your desired state is what I call the wild.
3: Right. Right. So it's it applies both uh, metaphorically and in actual reality. So going yes. out of your comfort zone, challenging yourself in different ways that you probably may not have before in hopes that it, you know, gives birth to, you know, some new abilities, some new talents or some new uh, realities that you probably haven't had before. That's, 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 that's really powerful.
1: So I, or, I want to go back insights. a little bit to, for right, to gain insight, right. Gain insight
3: example, into, yeah. New,
1: for the travelers who are listening right now. I, I would say if you stopped utilizing your electronics to get you from point A to point B and you mm-hmm. said, okay, I'm gonna travel for the next two days just by talking to people, interacting with people, by looking at a bus schedule, by going to the bus station and figuring out which one it was right. instead of getting it on my phone, or leave your lonely planet book. That's dating me, right by the way. Mm-hmm. That's what I used to use, <laughs> but eventually I tore that I threw that away. Or <laughs> actually handed it off to somebody in a in Lisbon, in a Lisbon um, train station. I've never used that before. Out there. Right. The Lonely Planet back in the day was like the yeah. Bible of all travelers, <laughs> right? So right. what I'm saying is if you were to take that challenge of not utilizing your electronics for two days to get you from point A to point B, if you're traveling, that can consider, mm. be considered in the wild.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And I was just having this conversation with, uh, with a, you know, with a colleague the other day where we were just talking about the same exact example that you talked about where they were going on a cross country motorcycle, uh, road trip. And one of the biggest challenges they had was, you know, everything just stopped working, you know, the mobile phones and they didn't have enough cash and they were just thrown into this, uh, you know, uncertainty. And eventually they, they overcame those circumstances, but. They learned a lot of lessons from there and that you know is now serving as uh, a big lesson to anyone who's trying to do the same thing so that that really um is a very uh, apt example so i, I want to go back a little bit to your to your upbringing to your growing up you seem like you know someone who is adept at you know being in the outdoors has a lot of knowledge what in your background or in your upbringing, you know, prepared you to be this type of you know person that you are today who coaches people on being safe outdoors and helping them gain new realities into, into themselves?
1: Well, I wrote about it in my book called Wander Must, A Hero's Journey to Seven Truths. And um, the hero's journey is referring to Joseph Campbell, Joseph Campbell's work. I grew up in a railroad town in western New York. I was a fourth generation railroader, the son of a fourth generation railroader, and my father taught us good work ethic and um, in that our word, if we 're saying we 're going to do something, is our iron, much like the tracks that run through our our town and that mm. really stuck with me so if you 're a hard worker, I was able to learn. The value of the negotiation of I'll do this for a day if you give me this much money or if you, et cetera. But also being in, my father took us hunting a lot and um, hunting and fishing and canoeing and things like that. So he took us to the outdoors and that was a place to um, to learn, to get detached, detached by um, from school or from everything else. Because if you're out in the woods, you're just focused on what's in front of you, around you, what's what you're experiencing. So That taught me a valuable lesson that there's a great value in being away at the time. We just had TVs um, at the time. Mm. The value of being able to get lost in nature, if you will. Not lost, like I don't know where I am, but it's the loss of (laughs) of just be with your thoughts. So that's how it all started. And then my first chapter, which you can find at my website, you'll read about how that all started, the foundation. And that would answer the question. For your for your listeners out there, mygreenleadership.com.: um, mm-hmm. So for me, as I was saying, is that for listeners to get a better understanding, you can simply just right. go to mygreenleadership.com and download the first chapter for free of wander must. That's not wander lust; it's wander must. Right? It's a play on words.
3: Yeah, yeah, wander must. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that that's that's a really uh, catchy, uh, really catchy phrase. So when you go outdoors and you help people learn more about these things, gain more experience and get into the wild and learn all those lessons, uh, what are, who are some of the, I mean, what types of people do you, I mean, do you work with? Can anyone just, uh, you know, walk up to you and say, I want to have this experience and I mean, if you can, I mean, what types of qualities, what type of traits are you looking for specifically?
1: Great question. <laughs> and in fact, I, uh, on my website, I just put up a um, frequently asked questions and that's kind of one of them, yeah. but I'll give you a brief synopsis. So I can tell you that I've done it with in the what I call the Alaska Leadership Adventures when people come to Alaska. I've done mm. it with um, thought leaders, throughout America that are what we would call on social media influencers. I've done it with flight nurses, nurses that fly around in aircraft. I've also done it with executives of hundreds of millions of dollars of uh, corporations. Uh, I've done it with engineers, etc. So I work with three people in three ways, Alaska leadership adventures or a adventure coaching experience in Petra or Scotland or Nicaragua or Ecuador, Peru, or et cetera, mm. you really basically have to have, as we say in the oil and gas business, the want to, you have to want to understand that mm-hmm. your current state, where you currently are, is okay because you're okay being there, but your future state or your right. desired state, whether it be, I want to be a better communicator with my my spouse, my my team, my friends, or I want to be a better leader, and you know what you that you need somebody to support you in that journey. So I'm that person to support you in that journey, to go from the current right. state where you find yourself today and where you want to be in a year. For example, Daniel, I'll ask you this question. I'll answer hmm. your question with a question. Take the <laughs> conversation <laughs> you and I were... Yeah, I'm off of it. If you and I were in, El, in El, Albania and we're at a coffee shop and I happen to notice your hat, and right. it's a Batman hat, and i said, say, you know... My son's a big fan of Batman. Which Batman is that? And you tell me, we strike a conversation and I, and I find out what you do. You're a podcaster, you're a traveler, you're from different parts of the world. And I say, oh, yeah, okay. So then you ask me what I do. And I would say to this, I say, well, I'm a performance coach or I'm a master certified coach. I, have, I am one of only 1,400 mm-hmm. people on the planet that are at my level of, of hours of documented coaching with executives, et cetera, et cetera. You we say, well, tell me more about that. Well, I'll say, Daniel, if in a year from now, you and I were to meet, and if you and I could work on one thing between now and that year, what would you be telling me in a year from now yeah. that you're so grateful you and I worked together so that you could achieve? What would it be? If there's one thing that you could do more of, hmm. or less of, or less is joy or more joy, less pain, what would it be?
3: Hmm. Is that- do you want me to really answer that?
1: <laughs> I mean, you can. You don't have to. I mean, it's up to you. You might Yeah, have
3: to, you know? yeah, 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 that's, that's yeah, I mean, I, I, I can probably, you know, give. Yeah, it is. It is. It is, in fact. Yeah. And that's, yeah, so. That's what I do. Add so, add, add so many. Right. Go on, sorry.
1: Well, so that's what I do. And let's just imagine that you and I have already built rapport. You and I have sat at the coffee shop for you've had coffee, I have tea, we've been sitting there for 45 minutes and we've gotten along. And eventually I would ask you that question or or I would say, this is what I do. So that's a really deep question. It's a real personal question to ask somebody, but your listeners out there, just think about it. If you can have more of something in your life But you know you need somebody to support you in that journey. Notice I said support. I didn't say coach. I didn't say Mm -hmm. tell you what you need to do. I just said support you because we all need support in different ways. If you wanted something more of or less than, then that's what I do. And that could be for personal life. It could be work-life balance. It could be business. I just had a conversation with a a huge international uh, cybersecurity company CEO. And I said to him, so what is one thing? What is one of the things that you want to be done with in a year from now? You know, what do you want to get away from or be done with? And he says, "I'm just, I'm done having to uh, think. I have to to micromanage." Okay, great. All right. So that's that's mm. that's what we're going to be working on. More of that. Yeah,
3: that's that's a really uh, that's a really interesting interesting thing that you do. I mean, if I can get more out of. I guess my big, you know what? I'll just leave that to, uh, you know, our, you know, our further conversations. But yeah. I want you to talk a little bit about, yeah, about about your book, Wonder Must, The Seven Years uh, Journey to Seven Truths, and that chronicles your journey across seven different continents, documenting your story, the, you know, people's story, and some of the lessons that they learn, and some of the key lessons they can learn. I think there's about seven of those, um, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, there's courage, there's wisdom, and, and, and there's other things too. Can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, what, I mean, the significance of the places that you've been and how that has probably translated into the story or the lessons that you learned along with the people that you were with, it, if there's a correlation between the two.
1: Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. So Wander Must, a Hero's Journey to Seven Truths is basically a, a leadership memoir in an adventure setting, so to speak. So what do I mean by that? It basically chronicles how I learned or discovered a leadership truth on each continent. So in the book, it starts off me guiding or coaching a um, client in Alaska on a helicopter. we heading out on a helicopter out into the bush. And as I coach him through his um, Alaska leadership adventure, I'm going back in time about how I discovered a leadership truth. So as I already said earlier, the first chapter, basically our introduction talks about how I grew up and what set the foundation. And Mm. as I go in the book, it's to say, okay, well, what did I learn? What did I discover in Antarctica, for example? Well, I tell the story about how I arrived there and what did I Learn as a leadership truth for that continent of Antarctica. That the leadership truth that I discovered was emotional intelligence. How important emotional intelligence right. is. And in another continent, for example, South America in Ecuador, I discovered the power or the leadership truth of vision. Why is it so important that a leader needs huh. vision, and what does that mean, and what does it look like? Experience. And I've been told, and the book currently on Amazon has 51 or 52, excuse me, 52 five star reviews regarding. And there's a thread or a theme from a lot of those reviews. And it says uh, basically, I'll paraphrase, you'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll self reflect, and you'll want to give that book to somebody else. You'll be, you know, hmm. so that book is a real powerful introspection for you, right. Daniel, or your listeners about. What are your truths? Now, if I, Hmm. what do you mean? Some people say, what do you mean by truths, Mike? Well, everyone who's listening has heard about, had heard this conversation between Daniel and I. But when I leave this call today, my wife's going to ask me about this podcast experience. And I'm going to say, you know, Daniel's a very authentic, intelligent, true traveler. And um, those may be one of your truths. To me, that's the truth of Daniel. Hmm. Highly intelligent, a go-getter, Somebody who is um, curious about the world. Those is what I believe to be true about you. So when you say what is the truth, what is it that somebody you want somebody to say about you? Whether mm-hmm. you're at a coffee shop and you meet somebody traveling and they go away and say, yeah, I'll meet you tomorrow and we'll go see the, the town square or whatever. We'll walk around the, the Kremlin and if you're in, if you're in Russia. And then you right. go tell your friend, hey, I'm going to go meet this person. And they say, well, tell me about this person. Well, they're really cool because I really like that. They sound so intelligent. Well, they must be intelligent then.
3: Hmm. That's, that's beautiful. And that you know, gets me you know, thinking again because a number of people who listen to you know, this podcast or some of the other things that I put out on other platforms, on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, a number of them are – Young people, you know, young Mm -hmm. men and women like myself, millennials, if you will, Mm -hmm. who has chosen travel as a means of expression or are just in a phase of their lives where travel is just that way that they use and truly expressing themselves and finding who they are. And my question to you is, do you need to go on you know, this wild adventures and this, you know, really high level or well-planned adventures that you take people through in order to find your truth? I mean, is your truth something that you can find in everyday travel like most people do it? And if so, how can you really, you know, get to that point where you, from, from your everyday travels, you can get to, you know, really get to the root of who you are and finding those truths that, you know, exist everywhere that we just need to, uh, you know, to find. Those are two questions. I'm not, I'm not supposed to do that, but I'm just, you know, going to put that into, into one big question for you.
1: You're doing a great job. So to answer your first question, I've traveled to 63 countries and all seven continents and most of it was done before cell phones. I can't imagine what it would be like now to be so well connected. So, no, you don't necessarily have to work with me. I work with a lot of them and millennials, uh, supporting their journeys. I just had this conversation with two workaways from Norway, and workaway is a program where, right? You probably listeners know, so I won't even go into it. But if you don't know what workaway is, no, absolutely. Have. And they were like, "Well, you yeah, know, people, my, yeah, I, I know. My, what fam- have. my family keeps saying, well, when are you going to when are you going to start? You know, settling down and learning more about life and." going to go to school and all that. Right. Don't <laughs> let people discount your travels because it all adds up to something or about right. who you are. I mean, that's what my book's about, honestly. Here I am hitchhiking through Scotland and I'm just sitting hmm. on one side of the road, standing on one side of the road and there's sheep on the other side in the pissed down rain. And they're just going, bah. and I'm thinking to myself, what the fuck am I doing out <laughs> here You know, on a Sunday <laughs> trying to hitchhike? And, and I kept with it and that taught me, you know, tenacity, for example. So there's a right. lot of lessons in travel. I would hope that your, the millennials experience utilizing electronics allows them to have those deep connections. So that answers mm-hmm. that one question. So you don't have to come with me. You can work with me because I work with people both virtually face to face or I can meet you somewhere or you come to Alaska. Second, I kind of already answered, awesome. it, it's so, so important that you understand as you travel, you are really learning and applying lessons in life about how to create rapport with people, how to communicate and connect, mm. and ultimately how to uh, find your way. And I would encourage you not, not to use your phone so much.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, going off of that, I, I heard you say in a different, in a different conversation with someone that you know, when you go on these adventures, uh, you encourage people not to, not to bring the devices with them, phones or any, any electronic device that could, you know, serve as a form of distraction or something mm-hmm. like that. So does that, I mean, does that really, I mean, how does that play a part? I mean, I, it's an obvious question, but I want you to talk about very, you know, briefly how that plays a part into, you know, you, know, you know, into commitment, into actual results, you know, especially in the day and age that we are right now, where everyone is so inundated with, you know, technology and social media and all those things.
1: Well, I take them usually they don't have a connection. But um, people's phones are a trigger, right? What we call in in the world of psychology, a trigger. When we get bored, what do we do? We grab our phone and look at TikTok or whatever have you. And what I asked my last client, he's a uh, CEO of a cybersecurity company. I asked him, Mm -hmm. I said, don't bring your phone. I would strongly recommend you don't bring your phone. If you want to take pictures, buy a camera. And he said that was one of the most powerful experiences that he's had in a very, very long time is being detached from an, a trigger such as a phone to get stimulation. Mm-hmm. We get stimuli ultimately right. get endorphins from looking at a phone and getting a cool video or watching car wrecks or train wrecks or whatever we watch on TikTok. Right. <laughs> and instead they have to be with themselves, which scares the shit out of people.
3: Hmm.
1: Right. Cause You're out in the middle of nowhere and you're like, uh, so now what do I do? Right? Because I don't have my phone and I don't have a way of getting away from myself. So guess what? Yeah. I'm alone with my own thoughts. And that can be scary. Right. We
3: kind of feel vulnerable at that point.
1: Exactly. And that's where the change takes place over time, right? Where you don't, where you have that vulnerable Mm. sense and you are with your thoughts and you are wrestling. With those, we'll call demons, or those self, that negative self-talk of, you can't hike that mountain, or you can't do this, you can't do that, and then ultimately through my right. coaching, you see that you you can do far more than you ever thought you could, and you take that experience hmm. of. I remember standing at the bottom of that mountain thinking I could never do that, but I'm re- I'll never forget the exhilaration that I felt at the top hmm. of making it, and then through coaching, I would say, okay, so. What is that metaphor in your current life? Standing at the bottom saying, I can't do it. Now you're on the top. You've done it. There's exhilaration. What have you learned and how can you right. apply it to your life today?
3: That's, that's interesting. So, I mean, you've obviously, you know, done so much. I mean, your, your track record speaks for itself. And at the end of the day, you know, you've decided to put out this, you know, great body of work. In In your book, which you know I believe would be the first of many, it takes a lot of effort because I just helped a friend actually launch his first self published book, which is uh you know something under under hundred pages, and you know it took a lot of work, a lot of effort, a lot of sleepless nights and you know planning and strategizing now to you know get this thing out there, but you've gone ahead and wrote something that I believe, will be life changing for a lot of people. And that is not small, that is not a small feat. I mean, you could have gotten away with not writing anything. But what really gave you the motivation to want to write a book as, as deep as, as that or something as, as true as inspiration as what you've written? Uh, why did you decide to go through all that stress?
1: Wow, well, the easy question, or the, excuse me, the easy answer is I wanted to make my boys, my two boys ages, six and nine <laughs> proud, my wife proud, and my mom proud. Everybody else is extra. But I had the book in me, you know, where you just feel like you have to get it out. You just have to, there's value to this. And also the encouragement from people from around the world where if you and I were just sitting in right. a coffee shop, you, we'd be swapping travel stories and people would say, wow, you got to write a book. You got to right. write a book. So I felt that, I mean, I honestly asked myself this question during coronavirus. I was working in Saudi Arabia as an executive Hmm. coach to large, one of the largest oil companies in the world, Saudi Aramco. And I said, what can I be doing now that in five years from now, I'm grateful that I did it beyond my expectations? Hmm. And um, I answered myself and said, write the book. Then I went home because my wife's part of that, right? She's got to put up with me and those sleepless nights, as you say, because there was a lot of them
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and
1: long hours, et cetera. And she says, yeah, write the book. So with her support, and that came in with warm plate at night when I got home at 11 o'clock at night or yeah, kicking me out of the house when I keep waking up at 4 a.m. to
0: do my <laughs> writing.
1: So that's... That's why I did it. And you know what, Daniel? What's the best thing? Uh, one of the things I never thought I would get from writing the book is that the small, hmm. the very small but yet hugely powerful texts or written, handwritten letters yeah. of thanks from people I have never hmm. even met. That's the best part about it all, other than my right. kids saying, thinking I'm, I'm famous because I have a sticker. <laughs> It says
0: wander
1: must. I'm not, sh- I'm not shitting you. They think I'm famous, and then you know they're waiting for a magnet. Dude, when
0: are you gonna have a refrigerator magnet? It's so, coming.
1: It's
3: yeah, coming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That must that must feel that must feel very good. I mean, listening to that, you know, makes me makes me feel good. Makes me feel good. If you could say one thing, name one thing that gets you inspired every day, gets you to want to get out of bed and just, you know, get at it again, given everything that you've been doing, you know, in, you know, for the last, for the number of years that you've been doing it. Now, I think you are, I I, I mean, I think it's safe to say that you are at the Peak of your career, but you still keep going, right? What is that thing that gets you up every day, gets you inspired, and just makes you want to go at it again?
1: Well, the easy answer is being the best father that I possibly can be, the best husband, the best um, neighbor, although I don't have many neighbors where I live here in the interior of Alaska. (laughs) Best friend. I can can imagine. Well, there's an unbelievable book by the name of Driven by um, Doug Brackman, Dr. Doug Brackman, and he talks about how people who are made up like I am, our personalities and our and our neuroscience, where we are driven uh-huh. to accomplish things. Like my wife literally last night said to to me during dinner with some friends from different parts of the world, I, have a, I had a German here, and I had a Norwegian here, and um, mm. and she said, you know, Mike, you don't have to conquer everything. <laughs> and then I was like, you know, that's <laughs> so true for driven. <laughs> So what really motivates me other than my, the father, et cetera? Yeah, I just wanted to do the best I possibly can each day to make a difference. Mm, yeah, just right. be a little bit better than the day before.
3: Yeah, interesting. That's, that's, that's huge. Thanks for, thanks for sharing that. And finally, I, I just want to ask for, you know, for everyone, for the benefit of everyone you know, listening to this, if there's one thing, one advice, one word that you could say to allow us, to enable us get the best out of our time here, whether that's, you know, through transformation or through improved finances or just about anything, we're just getting the best out of whatever we're doing right now. From your years of experience, from the numbers, thousands of hours that you've had, you know, talking to other people, giving insights. Uh, what would, what would you say to anyone that's just trying to attain that marginal uh level of uh you know improvement that they're seeking right now in their lives
1: you said one word or phrase so i'll i'll, I'll cheat and i'll say yeah two word phrase i mean if you can yeah, yeah
3: if you can you know crank it up into one phrase that would be good
1: if you could put it on a t-shirt <laughs> right yes put absolutely it on a t-shirt Well, one T-shirt that I would have would be live with no regrets. (laughs) Hmm. I'm writing this down, by the way. The next one would be the next T-shirt in any color you want, in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Tie-dye or no tie-dye, white or black. I would say (laughs) improvement comes in small incremental steps. Or Hmm. the key to happiness is small incremental steps. If you think you're going to reach happiness by being able to save money to buy this new sleeping bag of which I got to go buy tomorrow, then it's not going to be that. It's a small incremental steps <laughs> of getting in yeah. shape, becoming a better communicator, becoming a better traveler by saying, okay, I'm not going to use my phone for a whole hour. Let's see what I see what happens. Huh. I can't imagine now going to a, a coffee shop in in Rome and just... Watching people, I would be watching people watch their phones or people who are walking. So it'd be interesting. Yeah. So those are my two t-shirts.
3: Yeah, that's those are profound. I will put this on a t-shirt, and maybe you should look forward to something in your mail sometime.
1: Right. Well, I'll send you a t-shirt of Wanderlust um, <laughs> to your United States address if you want. No problem. Just send me an email with it.
3: Uh, yeah, we can absolutely. We can do a swap. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if people are looking to get in touch with you, uh, where can they find you?
1: Uh, Keep it simple. Uh, That's another t-shirt. That's my third and final t-shirt. Keep it simple. (laughs) Keep it simple. (laughs) (laughs) MikeGreenLeadership.com. That's real simple. MikeGreen, G-R-E-E-N, Leadership.com. You can see everything there or you can find my book on Amazon all over the world. Currently, I have pictures of my book on every continent except antarctica and south america currently mm. so i have so i just got one from angola the other day that was nice so all you listeners if you buy the book even if you get it on kindle and you're on amazon prime it's for free take a picture of the yep. of the uh, cover somewhere interesting or somewhere not that interesting it doesn't matter It could be in a pub in uh, in ireland whatever have you i really like that and if there's something I can do for your people, please don't awesome. hesitate to reach out. Uh, a friend of yours, a listener of yours is a friend of mine. And I do mean that Absolutely. sincerely, uh, because as we travel the world, and you've seen this uh, many times, I imagine, is that the kindness afforded us is so very important to the value of our travel.
3: Right. Absolutely. Thank, thank, thank you very much. That's, uh, that's very much appreciated. Well. Thank you again, Mike, for gracing the podcast. I really enjoyed this conversation. And if you're listening to this and you're trying to get the book, it's called uh, "Wonder Must: A Hero's Journey to Seven Truths. You can get it on Amazon, in art cover, in Kindle. And if you get a hands on it, you get your hands on it, to get a picture with it, like Mike has said, and you can reach out to him at mikegreenleadership.com if you have any questions or just want to get in touch. Thanks again, Mike, for for coming on the podcast. Appreciate it.
1: I'm grateful for your time.
3: I'll talk to you soon. Bye.